0: Hi, I can't see you all very well, but I know that you're all beautiful. Beautiful. Back in the 1920s, there was a man, and he lived in Idaho. He was a farmer, and he was in his mid-60s. And one day, his doctor gave him a diagnosis of non-contagious tuberculosis. So as you can imagine, he went home, and he sat in his rocking chair on his front porch and he began to ponder what this meant for him. The doctor gave him maybe one to maybe two years to live. His wife had died a few years before. He was a bit of an eccentric and an amateur poet. His uh, hero was Leo Tolstoy. And evidently, Tolstoy, at the end of his life, kind of uh, wandered around Russia as an ascetic. So the man decided that he was going to do something like that with whatever time he had left. So he signed the farm over to his sons, and he packed up his old uh, pickup truck with necessities and tools and camping gear. And the doctor had told him that he would do well if he was in a warmer, moister climate. So sight unseen, he bought 10 acres Outside of a little town called Fairhope, Alabama, which is down on the Gulf Coast. And he took off. He'd never really been out of Idaho before. And when he arrived at his land finally, he loved it. It was so beautiful and he called it Tolstoy Park. But the land didn't have a house on it, it only had a barn. So he kind of set up camp in the barn, but he hadn't been there very long when he realized, I need some kind of a house. This is hurricane country. A barn isn't going to cut it. So he decided that he was going to build a house, and he thought to withstand the hurricanes, he should build a round house out of brick and cement and stone. So he went into town got what he needed and came back and there was a wonderful clearing on his property that was very flat so he measured out this big circumference of how big he wanted this house or maybe hut would be a better word for it how big he wanted it to be because he was going to dig a foundation and then he took some little sticks and string and marked it out because you all know that when we start a project it has to have a foundation and you have to have some path to follow so The next day, he got up, and he took his shovel, and he just started digging one shovel full of dirt at a time. I mean, he didn't know how to build a house, but he just started digging one shovel full of dirt at a time. He didn't know if he'd be able to get this house done before hurricane season, but he just dug one shovel full of dirt at a time. He didn't even know if he would live to see this house built. But he still dug one shovel full of dirt at a time. And when I read this story, I thought, God, what a great metaphor for a way to live our lives. You know, we can't do anything about the past as much as we would like to. We might be nostalgic. We might be guilty. We might feel really bad about some of the things we did. But no wonder, no, anything we do, we can't change that. And even though we think we can, we really can't do anything about the future either. You know, the old thing about the best laid plans. The only thing that we really can do anything about is right here, right now. We're all in this room listening to me talk. And it's just like this is one shovel full of dirt, one shovel full of life at a time. That's all we can handle. And when I find myself getting, you know, upset, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, something I woulda changed, I'm worried about the future, I try to bring myself down to that one shovelful of life at a time. So in 1998, I bought a historic house in Oregon City. You all know where that is. And uh, my son, who was 31 at the time, was going to help me redecorate it. It was a dream of mine to have an old house and redecorate it. So, uh, and it was going to be uh, his his family, his wife and his two children lived out that way, and it was going to be a family house. And I was so excited. It was a dream come true for me. So I moved in in January of that year, 1998, that's 20 years ago, and in April... My son died. He was my only child. So you know how you read that the worst thing that can happen to you is losing your child. And I'm here to tell you that if you take that sentence and multiply it by infinity, that doesn't even get close to how really terrible it is. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live. I was so devastated and so debilitated, I, I couldn't do anything. And I would, I would sit and I'd look at this house and I'd think, how, how can I do this? How can I do this without him? How can I do anything without him? But I was so far gone. I mean, getting up and taking a shower and changing clothes was like a miracle for me. So I, it wasn't like I could move and I had two little grandchildren who went to school three blocks away from this house. So I stayed. And I lived. And pretty soon, and I can't tell you how long it was, but pretty soon I started scrubbing the floors, and I started ripping wallpaper off the walls, and I started ripping up old, dirty carpet. And with every scrub and every rip and every paintbrush that I used to repaint the walls, the tears and the snot, and everything would just fly out of me, and I would scream and I would moan, and I was so angry and I was so sad. But this house that I had dreamed of to be this family place it really ended up saving my life because it was a physical place for me to work out my grief. And yes, my grandchildren were three blocks away at school, and they needed me. Oh, boy, did they need me. So uh, the second or third summer, I don't really even know, I decided that I uh, had already dug up some of the gardens and put in bushes and flowers and so forth, but there was this one section in the back, behind the garage, where this old covered patio was. And it was a mess. It was rocks and weeds and old, probably 100-year-old grass. And I decided that I was going to make that a lilac garden. So I went and got a wheelbarrow, and I got a little shovel. It was called a lady's shovel, (laughs) really, because it was just the right size for me to do that. And one morning, I went out in the backyard, and I started digging up one shovel full of sod at a time. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But still, I kept digging one shovel full of sod. Now, I don't know if you know anything about sod, but it's heavy. And I'd get like three big chunks in the the wheelbarrow, you know, and I could Get it across the grass. And I was dumping it on the side of the driveway. That's why I designated this area for it. And the next day, my arms, I could hardly lift anything, but I kept going. I dug every single day one shovel full of sod at a time, and by the end of summer, man, I was buff. I was buff. I would, I would fill this wheelbarrow with sod way over there, and I'd just whiz across the grass and dump it on the, on the side of the house. It was great. And I planted lilacs, and I planted a dogwood tree, and I put a little stone path, and I put a table and chairs and an umbrella back there, and oh, it became this wonderful secret private garden. I had such personal joy from doing this myself. But then, I had to deal with the pile of dirt, which is another metaphor for life, (laughs) But I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I didn't. I was single. I didn't have a truck. I mean, obviously, I could have dug it up, but I didn't have a truck. I didn't even know where you take stuff like that. Those were the kinds of things that my son had done for me. And there, I, there were so many of those things that came up all the time. I don't, didn't know what to do. So I did nothing. I was in denial about the pile of dirt. And then one day... There's a big knock on my front door and it's a big mountain man looking guy with a ponytail, you know, a big beard and suspenders over a plaid flannel shirt and he's just huge and I'm thinking, oh God, what is this, you know? But there was a window in the door and so he saw me, he, he saw me see him, that's how that works. So I had to answer the door, you know? So he said, you know, You know that pile of sod you got out there by your driveway? Yes, I said, as if I hadn't noticed it before, you know. He said, well, would you like to get rid of it? Yes, I said, thinking he might want me to hire him to do it, which was okay. Then he said, well, I got a place up here on the hill, and I need some fill, so if you'll let me have it, I'll take it away for you. Yes, I said. Was this guy an angel? My God. And sure enough, a couple of times a week he'd show up with his pickup truck and sometimes his girlfriend would be with him and they'd fill up the truck and they'd take it away and the pile got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it was gone. So you want to know how many pickup truck loads I dug? And I'm not talking some pansy-ass Toyota truck here. (laughs) I'm talking GMC King Cab Extended Bed kind of truck. Seven. Seven truckloads. You want to change your life? Dig up your backyard. (laughs) So, this is a show about heroes. And this man that I told you about at the beginning of the show, obviously I didn't know him, but he was a real person. His name was Henry Stewart. And I just happened to read about him at the right time. I happened to have a, a kind of take on what his life was like in a way that really helped me in my, whoops, in my time of need. And he uh, had that, he finished the stone house, and he kind of, the, the, the town called him the poet of Tolstoy Park. He was kind of a hermit, he was very eccentric, but his doctor was wrong. He lived for eighteen more years. And had he had visitors out, and he had I guess there's a there's a guest book, and some of some famous people came to see him there in Fairhope, Alabama. Now the house still stands, the little stone hut is really what they call it. But it's of course not on ten acres outside Fairmont. Uh, Alabama anymore. It's in the corner of a parking lot of a business office in Fairhope, Alabama. But in 2006, it became on the National Register of Historic Sites. And you can go visit it. You can even spend the night in it if you want to. So I've never been there. But I'd love to go. I'd love to go. But like I said, we don't know what the future will bring. But, But you know what? You never know what might happen when you live your life one shovel full at a time. Thank you.